Jordan, are you ready to get fired up? Because I sure am. I've got Bill Allen. He is a seven-figure earner, entrepreneur, one of the hardest people working that I know. And he's actually one of my Category King members in Russell Brunson's inner circle. And he focuses on teaching people how to flip properties. And he's brilliant. So I wanted to have him on here. Let's get you fired up financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Bill, how are you? I'm doing great. That's a great intro. I appreciate it. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. So I, so Bill said something at the category King and I, he was up there and um, he was like, I'm one of the hardest people working that people I know. He's like, you'll never outwork me. I remember him saying that. I was like, Ooh, I can tell. And he was like, he said it was such dedication and, and compassion. I could tell he was very, very serious about it. So talk to us a little bit about what you do, how you help people and what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast, Bill. Um, yeah. So my name's Bill. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I run a company called seven figure flipping. It's a wholesaling and flipping like single family houses. We kind of teach people how to really grow their business, like turn like their house flipping business or wholesaling business into actual business. Most people are just working for more money. And what we try to do is figure out how to like automate and systemize a lot of things, hire people, bring them on and pull yourself out of the day-to-day operations of your business. A lot of the stuff that you do um, for realtors, right? And so I think for me, it was very much like I was working over like nonstop. I was a helicopter pilot and airplane pilot for the Navy. And I didn't want to keep deploying. I was like punching a clock. I was working for the government. I had to ask permission to go on vacation. It was driving me insane. So I saw somebody that was doing what I wanted to do. I joined their mastermind group, replicated that and built a business. So I had a business in the wholesaling and flipping world that was doing over 200 deals a year. I went from doing one deal a year to 67 deals the first year while I was full-time Navy. And then it was 135, then 187 the next year, and then over 200 hired a COO, pulled myself out of the business and was able to come over and, and work over here. So um, now That's it's like four incredible. or five different- 67 flips your first year. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Now, now if for anybody's listening, it's 67 like deals that we did, 12 were actually full on renovations and the other like 55 were wholesale deals where we just put the property under contract and then flip the contract to another investor. So I, I would get the contract and sell the contract for a fee. So that, that was 55 of those. So it wasn't actually like swinging the hammer on 67 houses. Um, and then we would do about 20% of our houses were actual like full on flips. The rest were wholesale deals where we kind of connect the uh, the investor or uh, somebody else in the deal. Yeah. So you find the deal, someone's going to make a lot of money and then you you just buy the house. You know, people are a little, a little weary of that. Like take going into a going into an escrow. In fact, when I used to sell short sales and foreclosures, the foreclosure companies would not allow you to do that. Meaning they would not allow somebody to put their name on the contract and then flip it to somebody else. It had to be that actual, that actual buyer. Do you find that, uh, that people are nervous about that? Is it still very common to do it? I, I would say, I realize that I'm talking to like a potential, like virtual room full of realtors, right? So that's yeah. usually the people that have the hardest time understanding it. Just the fact that this is exactly the box that every real estate transaction fits in. It's illegal to do that. A lot of people say, and in some states, now you're having to get your license to do it. I'm licensed in Florida, 
um, and we do transactions in many, like multiple states in the Southeast now. But uh, for me, what I had to just understand was, um, first of all, in Florida, anytime a realtor gave, like said, you can't do this, it's illegal. I'd say, you know, on this contract right here, it says that this contract is assignable or not assignable. Like there's even a checkbox that says it is or it isn't. So um, as long as we, like a big thing for me was to do it legally and ethically and make sure everything that I'm doing is correct. So, I mean, we're a marketing and sales company. That's it. We market for properties, we negotiate properties, and we're not like strong arming the seller either. I look at what we do as the pawn shop. So if you can think of it, it's kind of like a pawn shop where when you walk into a pawn shop with your grandmother's diamond ring, like they, you know that you're not getting retail price for the diamond ring. Like you walk into a pawn shop, you just want to walk out of there with the cash. So realtors control like 95% of the transactions out in the world. We're the other 5% out there that are like, either they don't want to work with a realtor, they, they, they don't want to fix it up. They want their money in like two days. And the market wasn't always what it is right now. Yeah. It's not always like when I get your, your listing, it's going to sell in five seconds or I'll have 20 offers the first day. There was a but time. Even when, if you even guys when were... it is like that though, Bill, you know, I, I've interviewed a couple of investors, flippers in the past 12 months, and they all say the same thing, what you're saying. They say, there's a handful of people. And we as realtors think like, well, why would you ever want to list your house for under when I'm telling you right now that if you list it on the market, let me do my marketing and let me do my thing that I could get you X you know, amount more. But there are people that want to, 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 to do that. So how do you go about finding those kind of people? Yeah. So we go, we do exactly what you guys do or should be doing, right? We market directly to the seller. So whether it's cold calling, texting, ringless voicemail, uh, postcards, letters, uh, pay-per-click advertising on Google, like we are marketers. If you think of your business as a marketer, like all we're doing is try to drive leads in the front door. And so um, it typically it's, it's strictly a message of don't want to do like you're in pain, right? You got these problems. You don't want to do X, Y, or Z. So call us and we'll help you. And it's a simple consultation. We just get on the phone. We have a conversation with them. And usually the first question that we ask always as flippers and wholesalers is like, why would you, why would you want to sell a beautiful house like this? Why wouldn't you list it with a realtor? Why don't you just keep it and rent it out? And they're usually giving us the reasons why they wouldn't. So we just market just like anybody else. You've seen it. You see the bandit signs on the, on the freeway or the road, right? Uh, we buy houses cash, a postcard in the mail, things like that. But the better marketer that you can be in my world, just like your world, the more deals and contracts that you'll get. And, and honestly, if you lead from, like, from a place of, uh, of serving those people, they will come into your world and want to do business with you. So we take care of our clients and customers just like anybody else does. We know that if we're the best at that, then we'll get more business. The one thing that I'll say when you kind of mentioned like listing houses and realtors, the thing that I always try to get across to anybody is if we can work together instead of being like at odds with each other of like, no, like don't sell it to them, list with us or don't like, we're not throwing stones at the realtors. Like they're oh, telling yeah, us why they might not work with a realtor. Like yes. they got burned last time. They had a bad experience. They don't want a bunch of people coming through their house. Like they just want, they just, they don't want to deal with any of the repairs. And, and we want to do deals with you guys and you guys should do, want to do deals with us. So like the more we can work together, the more money that we'll make. We have, you know how many leads and you own 95% of the market probably and we own 5% of the market, right? And so like, there's so many people that call us that want retail for the house that we can't do business with. If you could go out there for everybody that is driving traffic like I am, like we spend, there was a time we were spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on advertising and marketing. And we had this- 
A month, a month, yeah. yeah. So we have a database full of leads that don't work for us. Guess who they do work for? Every realtor in the country. And then there's realtors who have deals that they can't get done that we can because we have creative financing. We have a lot of money. We have lots of people that could buy this house tomorrow. You could walk in with a cash offer or you could give them a cash offer or list their house. They decide, you know, and we could buy their house tomorrow. Like they could have cash in their bank in three days for with us. So figuring out how. Do you like allow people to, could you ever do any programs where you work with realtors and say, okay, look, these, this person wants to sell their house, right? They can't sell their house because they're contingent, kind of like an eye buyer. Do you guys do that? Hmm. Absolutely. I would do that any day of the week. I, we, we let people stay in the house a couple of weeks after they might, they might stay in the house for three months after we close on it, before they move out, we might keep their tenants in the house. These are all things that typically realtors can't do, but we can. So like, if you can find the person to work with, and then honestly, like, as far as I'm concerned, as a realtor, educating yourself of how to do some of this stuff just gives you like another tool in your tool belt to potentially be the person who starts investing as well. So we have a lot of people that have come to us that are like, I've been helping these flippers buy houses for the last like five years. I see their HUD, I see the HUD, they're making $100,000 and I'm making this commission. And we're always like, okay, but you could do both. Like you could figure out how to do that. Now, I, I do think that you need to focus on the business that you're best at. Like Krista, focus on what you do best. Like be a realtor, sell a ton of houses, go do that. But there's something to be said for understand, like either connecting with that person or understanding that there, there are some alternative methods. What I find a lot of times with, with realtors, and I, and I think they're awesome. Look, I am one, right? So, but everything has to kind of stay in the box that they're comfortable in. Once it comes out of there sometimes, it's like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. It feels uncomfortable. It must be illegal or it must be wrong or unethical. And so what, we, what I try to do is just say, look, I, integrity is like my number one core value, right? Integrity through and through. Like military background, been in the military for 19 years. Thank I just want to be right country, back to you. By the way. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's really it my honor. And um, they, they don't let me fly the airplanes anymore, but um, I'll be flying a desk for the next year, then retiring. So um, I still get to put in some part-time work with the Navy. So um, I think I think it's really important to, to go that direction and have that integrity. And then, I mean, there's so many doors that open when you just kind of open your, your mind to the possibility that what if that's right? Like, or what if they're right? Or what if it's okay? And let's go, let's go on that route. Let's just say, because like right now, there's a reason why Zillow and iBuyer and all these companies are offering these type of pro programs for you. I feel that agents need to have the competitive edge to be able to offer that same thing, right? So it's like, hey, we've got three, we could list on the market, we could sell, you know? So for, for somebody, because this year, the, all the research is in, um, I've done a lot of research the past couple of weeks on the 2022 market forecast. And it, 2021 is gonna pretty much be a mirror image of what we saw in 2000. Sorry, 2022 is going to be a mirror image of what we saw in 2021. Bidding wars because of lack of inventory. Sellers are afraid to sell because they're afraid they'll be homeless. They can't, they, if you're contingent, you can't purchase. So what if we have, what can you offer to agents listening? And I'd love to have you even on one of my coaching calls with my own students to talk about like, okay, what kind of programs do you offer or how would it work if somebody to have this other thing that you could offer to where, hey, if you're worried about selling, you can't, you, you're afraid you're going to be homeless. You can't find a replacement property because you're contingent. Here's how we can help you, what it looks like. Can you kind of go over that and review how that you might be able to help the listeners with that? Yeah, there's a couple of things here that, that we need to think about ahead of time. So as a, as a flipper or a wholesaler or somebody who is, is going to turn the property for a profit, there's got to be a margin built in there for them, right? So like 
if I'm going to help somebody with something like this, so the iBuyers, the reason why Zillow stopped buying houses is because they realize this is not sustainable. They cannot continue to lose money on houses over and over and over again. So they're done. Like they're out of the game now. And the other iBuyers are still in there. The other iBuyers, when you think about this, they have other revenue streams that can help them. So a lot of the times they're the agent. They are probably making money on the loans. They're making money in lots of different ways besides the price of the house. So if you were to come to me, and the way that I think that this would be done, here's, here's some ways as a, as a high volume realtor, or even a realtor that does a moderate amount of business, and like all of your people, right? All of your clients that you're helping them grow their real, realtor business, they're making a ton more money, they're doing more deals, is you would come to somebody like me or a high volume house flipper in your area and say, look, I want to create a, a deal together where we, what I can go into a listening appointment and I could have the price that we could buy this house for, that you guys would buy the house for. So I could have that price, right? And then I can have the price that they can list the house for. And then I can kind of give them the option. So I thought about this a lot. Like I almost created this program a while ago down in Florida where we, you, if a realtor can go in and I mean, how, how many listing appointments can you win if you say, okay, I can, I can sell your house today now it's going to be a lower price, right? I can sell your house today for $200,000 or I can list it in a high, in, in a reasonably high um, uh, confidence, say that for $280,000, I can get this listed. I can, we can may, maybe make a couple, a couple cleanups. I'll get all the marketing together and we'll sell it. And it, maybe it'll, we'll sell it in, I don't know, a week or three days, or it'll fly off the market or it might take a little bit longer. So now instead of them saying, Okay, uh, well, Krista is at 280, and the other two realtors that came to see me last week are here. They can say, okay, these are my two options. I actually choose between this and this. It's not my listing price or not selling with me at all. And so we have to make money, though. So it's not like, hey, uh, we could do it for 280, and I know that you're contingent on this other property. And so we'll buy it for 280, we'll hold it for two weeks while you sell your other property, then we'll close. Like we have to get a, yeah, margin, a margin to make money. So and so the like iBuyers, totally. But the iBuyers, the problem with the iBuyers is they are just making negative margins, hoping that they, and what they're doing, to be perfectly honest and open, in my opinion, is they're buying data. They want data. They want more numbers. They want, they want customers' emails and, and information from them so that they can sell them more products in the future. And they're buying information. They're losing money, but they might be making it up on the repairs that they throw in at the last minute that we don't do. They might be throwing in like the, the broker fees that are 8% instead of six or five. And so they're making money in other areas to try to increase their margins a little bit. And we're just not that tight. So what I would say, the best thing that a realtor can do is say, what are you doing with your old leads? A couple of things. Number one, what are you doing with your old leads? Can I buy those leads as marketing? Can I find somebody that has a license and I can give you a percentage for a referral? So I got my license and then started doing that. Specifically, I've, I've listed and sold like three houses in my life, but I made a lot of commissions from referral. Um, like, what can you do together to kind of share? Can I send you, like when I have, when I have a house that I might not want to list that they want a cash offer on, can I, can I send it to you and get an immediate cash offer? So what can you do to, to kind of partner together to, for it to make sense for working with somebody like me and a company like me. So I think there's, there's a lot of different things that you can do, but if, if we're going to go in and you want that person to like remove all contingencies, know that their house is sold, all those stuff, those things, we can do it. It just has to be a reduced price. So don't go into it thinking that it, it has to be, you know, 280 and 270. 
because those numbers just don't work for us. We have to buy it, clean it up, list it, make money. And we're running the business just like you guys. And when we put our money out there, there's a lot more risk that we have in taking title on that property than just listing it. Now, when you say you're now you're doing, you did 200 homes, flip 200 homes, that's all your own for your company that you found people that want it. Man, that's incredible. Yeah. So in the last, in the last five years, we've done about 800 houses. So 800 sellers, um, and we don't have both sides. So this is not like buyers and sellers. This is like 800 houses, right? And so um, we last year, we did about 50 houses. So I kind of scaled back last year to focus on my mastermind company. Um, and I did a deal with somebody else that came in, and I'm a minority share owner, and he's the CEO and owner of that company because I was realizing I'd either have to jump back in that business and stop doing all my hard money lending, um, a lot of other things that I do. I do some apartment buildings. We... We have a farm behind our house that has all kinds of stuff involved with that now. And so I have like four or five other things going on. And I also want to spend time with my family, fly my airplane, that kind of stuff, like things that I like to do. And so um, so we did about 40 houses, 40, 50 houses last year. And he's going to ramp that business back up again to doing 100, 150 houses a year. But I mean, of those 800 houses that I've done in the last five years, 10 of them came from the MLS, only 10. So 790 off-market deals, direct to seller, uh, in-houses, negotiating, um, getting leads, talking to them on the phone and putting deals together. Mm, and you find them, like you said, like postcards and pay-per-click and Google ads and, you know, the, the little postcards around and things like that. Yep. So we don't do a lot of bandit signs. So I don't put the signs up um, in the parking lots and stuff. It's they're illegal in most cities and states. They're kind of a nuisance. Um, we tried it. I didn't love it. It's uh, it's not my thing. Um, pretty much everything that we, I'd say 70% of what we did came from direct mail, like in the mailbox, direct mail, postcards, letters, things like that. So it's all about the data and the lists. So we use list, uh, we use this very similar things to what you guys probably do. And if you don't, Krista, I will tell you for your community, that's something that I can really add a ton of value in showing them how to pull data and lists to go direct to sellers that have equity to send postcards to or send their documents to without wasting money. I see a lot of realtors, they send me card after card after card. I want to list your house. Are these the other houses that we sold in the area? And they're either doing every door direct mail or they're doing like, I don't even know what, what they're doing as far as the list that they're getting. But we target very specific avatars, just like, like it's, it's all marketing. And so pulling the list and crunching the data, everything starts with the list. It doesn't matter if you're cold calling, texting, ringless voicemail, direct mail, pay-per-click, whatever you're doing. It all comes down to the information and data source that it starts with. And from there, that's where you can start building out your channels of marketing. Every channel will work for you, but it all starts with the list and the data. That's the most important thing. So um, that, where, we where, always Where have you there. found your best place to get the, the list from? Like I know there's Cold Realty Resource, Property Radar. What, what yeah. Do so, we, so I primarily use uh, CoreLogic, which is list source. Right. And so we've negotiated a very low rate with them for our community and, and for us. And then I also, we also created something inside of our company called Seven Figure Data. And uh, right now, that was something that was huge for me in finding data that had uh, credit scores. So we are very driven on credit score. And it's interesting now that I think about like the reverse of that for a realtor, potentially, um, realtors would probably want to know high credit scores as opposed to us that want low credit scores. So if you could find a data source and a list that- And why do you, yeah, want, why do you, want, why do you want low credit scores? I want low credit scores because we want we want the people that you don't want. We want the people that can't get a loan, that are that are having trouble, that are in financial distress. So we I are looking that. for distressed properties or distressed owners. So either one. Like it's not just a distressed property that that we buy. We buy 
usually it's distressed seller. Like the seller actually yeah. has some distress. They could have a perfect house. I bought a house for a hundred. Uh, these are Pensacola numbers. Okay. Um, and it was like four years ago, we bought a house for a hundred thousand dollars and I sold it the next day. I listed it on the MLS myself for 170. They knew what the house was worth. They wanted to move out. They bought the next house cash. They didn't need the cash from the house that I was buying to close. They didn't like that the apartment building behind their house was being built and they had a feud with their next door neighbors. They just wanted to get out and they didn't want to sign in the yard. Their neighbor would win knowing that they're selling their house. So they That's sold it to me. Funny. And so, so you, we want low credit scores because we want people that are in financial distress. You guys, obviously, and I never thought about this till this second, actually, we should market this product to realtors. Um, you want a high credit score because you want somebody who can get a loan on the next house. And if you know that going in, you know that you're dealing with someone that you want to work with, actually, that won't have a problem buying the next house um, or, yeah, this is interesting. So, um, keep going, keep and, going. your brain is going, I like it. <laughs> yeah. But like, if I was a realtor, I, I would want to know, I would want to be working with somebody who's in like the 750 to eight, 800 plus range. So if I could pull a list of people that were in that range in an area that might have equity in their home, and there might be a couple other markers of like potential to sell. Um, maybe it's like, um, their kids are getting to a certain age. Like if you can find all, like these overlays of data that I can find to build a list that would be most likely to sell in my area and list with a realtor, then, and I could also filter it by credit score. That's like, I don't know what 720 or whatever is a good loan. Then I can help them on the, on the sale and the buy of their next property. Um, then that would be a really good list. So that, I think that's the key for everything that we do. Like who's the avatar? What's the list that we build, especially in real estate? If we can get the data and information, then we can be really targeted with how we spend our marketing dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's what, um, that's what I focus on heavily in my company. Um, I want a very high, for every dollar I spend, this is how much do dollars we get out right now. Um, I was at 15 to one at one point when I was in this business like three years ago. So for every dollar I spent, I got $15 in return. It doesn't matter how many people I have on staff at that point. That's a money-making business like crazy. Yeah. Russell always said, put a dollar in, get a dollar out. You're putting a dollar in and getting $15. $15. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a big difference in like digital marketing for, um, depending on what kind of business you're in. I, I, had a, I have a team and a staff that like, eventually what I want to do is I want to get myself out of the company. So I was trying to build myself out, which I did but my COO comes with a hefty six figure price tag. And my team was 15 people at the time. So I had a million dollar payroll and I wanted to come out of the business and still make money. I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I only worked two hours a week. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I worked two hours every two weeks. I was on a two hour call with him. And that was three years. I did that for three years. I was not working in the business. We did, we're doing two and a half million dollars in gross profit from our flips and wholesale deals. And I was only working two hours every two weeks. So yeah, great. It was awesome. But like at that point, for every dollar that we put in, we were getting like five or $6 back. And then two of those dollars were going to staff and team. And so it, you know, you get to the point where my margins go down, but my time comes back. Yes. So I wasn't making as much money in my pocket. The best year I ever had was that first year that I made almost $700,000. But as I started building out my team, I was able to go do something else that was filling up my bucket and what I liked, you know? So yeah, you're trading money that's kind of time. a 
Mm-hmm. You yeah, guys, one or the other. Totally. You guys are spending your time in, in, in everything that you do. Yeah, I, I, I actually would. I'll have you come on to my one of my coaching calls and have you really talk about like the the listing. I love Every Door Direct. We we use it like crazy. Um, I used to use this company, and they would like tell you we can target exactly who's going to be selling, and it was like outrageously cost. And then I thought I'm just going to market to everybody using Every Door Direct, you know, and it, it it's awesome because now they're seeing you in the mailbox or seeing you on the Facebook ads or seeing you digitally like this huge omni presence. But I completely get what you're saying. There's another really great strategy on charting specific demographics of people, age of people, having certain life events, like having babies, getting married, right? Going off to college, downsizing, upsizing, focusing on factors like that, and then creating specific target campaigns, whether it be monthly mailers or uploading those lists into Facebook and, and targeting them with a specific marketing message that would makes great sense. I'm, I am definitely not throwing stones at every door direct mail. I think it is I think it is a phenomenal, especially for you guys, especially when you can do like a zip code or a neighborhood that you've sold five houses in and your signs are in all the areas. Like you need to own that place. But just realize um, we look for different things. We have to look yeah, for absolutely. a needle in a haystack, right? We can't, we can't help every single person in the neighborhood. It's usually one house in a yes. neighborhood that's bad. Right. So it makes no sense for somebody like me. Absolutely not. Like from that 5% market share, keep in mind, there are another 20 or 30 people trying to compete with me in that, in that red ocean of 5%. So we have to be careful. Like you guys have the 95% you're, and you're competing with thousands of realtors and everybody trying to get in. Right. But you're the top couple percent, like your students and your clients are the top few percent that we love to work with because you know what you're doing. And then we're the same way. Like we're the top couple percent. You're probably watching this going, oh, he's like scummy landlord or one of those flippers. No, I, so. like, I, I think it's good. I know, but there's but, a need for everything. I totally understand. But there's people that give us a bad rap, right? So we're that top 5%, but we have a much smaller like portion of the, uh, of the marketplace that we can even deal with. So we have to be really niched and targeted in some of our lists and the things that we do. So a little bit more ninja in that because it would just be a total waste of money for me to hit the entire city with every door direct mail. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it makes complete sense. Okay, great. This has been great so far. I love this. As you can see, Bill is just a complete brainiac. Um, It's so funny. I remember I saw him at um, the Inner Circle and I could tell he was new. So here we are at the Inner Circle, right? Where there are only 15 of us um, at the Inner Circle and we're, we're playing with all these heavy hitters. And a lot of us had been in Russell's previous inner circle. So we knew each other. But I see Bill, and I'm like, oh, there's a new guy. So I'm like, hi, Bill. I'm Krista. You're new. Are you nervous? How you feeling? I made friends with him right away. <laughs> I was I, new, and I was nervous, actually. Yeah. I'm not really like a big people person. Uh, it's, I'm not like an extrovert and stuff. So uh, I appreciate you coming up to me. Actually, you were the first one who did. It was really cool. So thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome. No, I remember how it feels. And I remember being so nervous, like, to even speak or talk. And I still get like that sometimes. This this actually the last one was the first time that I wasn't like completely nervous to get up and talk to everybody. So it was it was different. Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, so Bill. So I mean obviously you're in like the top 1% of everything that you're doing. You're, you know, you, you have multi-million dollar companies. And um you know, you know I'm a complete advocate of of coaching and getting help and getting trained. Look, can you talk to me a little bit about how you know, being being exposed to different masterminds and how not only being exposed to them, but actually running your own and how being trained and coached by somebody who's already done what you're trying to do, how that's changed your business and what you would talk to people about, because many people are so afraid to invest. And, um, you know, can, can, you, can you elaborate on that as far as how that's helped your success of where you're at right now in life? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, this is like my favorite thing to talk about actually. And not because I own and run a mastermind group, but because I, I truly believe in it. Um, do you, I don't know if you remember Krista, but there's like this, 
hair club for men commercial that was like the guys like not only am i the owner i'm also a client do you remember that commercial yes, oh, yes, nice. yes 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 so um so that's who i am in this company so i actually bought this company from my mentor two and a half almost three years ago now so uh, so i didn't start the mastermind i didn't start the coaching program i didn't start any of that stuff i was actually one of the first clients of the of the program and so i'll t- i'll tell my story really quick because i think some people might relate to it. Uh, I was flying helicopters. Actually, I was flying airplanes for the Navy then. And um, I, I, j- I just gotten married and we were having our, our first uh, boy was on the way. And I was getting ready to have to go deploy again. And I didn't want to go deploy again. So I was looking for other things to do. I was always, but I was really cheap. Okay. I, I had a library card. I wouldn't even buy a book at this point. I didn't pay for a seminar, a course, a book. I was in the free forums. Everybody's talking about YouTube wasn't that big then. It's like eight years ago. Um, and it was like, don't pay for coaching. Like, it's a big mistake. You can find everything for free online. There was a plenty of forums telling me that. And that was the message that was in my head. And so I was very like, okay, that, that's got to be the way. I'm going to go to all these free like meetups and RIA meetings and stuff like that and just figure it out on my own. And I studied, I learned, I was reading books. And I just couldn't put the puzzle together. It was like, it's like I had all the pieces, but I just didn't know how to put it together. And I, there were people doing 100 deals, 50 deals a year, and I was doing one. I did one a year for two years. So I did one. I made $43,000 on my first flip, and I was still flying and working full-time. I was a test pilot in Pax River working really hard, like 80 hours a week. Then the next, the next I, we moved to Pensacola, Florida. I did another one. I almost gave up, and I found this house, and I ended up making $45,000 on it. But in before I, like got done with that house. I was listening to this podcast and there was this guy on there who was, who was doing a hundred deals a year, never went to look at him. And he said he couldn't even screw in a light bulb. And I'm like, I'm at this house every day doing work. I'm putting in tile. I'm, I'm, I was negotiating the contract. I was like finding all these contractors. They wouldn't show up. I'm driving into work, checking on my project is on the way to my, to my job, flying planes for the Navy, check on it. Nobody would be there. I'd come back after work flying. I'd fly like eight, 10 hours a day, every day come back. Nobody's there. So on the weekend I'm going there. I was just, I was going crazy. took me six months. I made $45,000, did one deal. He launched this program called seven figure flipping this thing right here. And, um, it was $25,000 and I, I've never bought a book, never bought a course, never bought a seminar, but I trusted this guy. I listened to him. There was just something about him. He's quirky. He's doing hundred houses a year. I just believed him. And I was like, I was like, I'm, it's crazy. I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about $25,000 at the time was an Acura to me. Like it was a yeah. Honda. It was a yeah. car. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm, I could either buy this car or I could join this coaching program. Like I'm nuts. I call my dad and, and I say, dad, I'm thinking about doing this, this thing. And he's like, well, do you want to flip a bunch of houses? I said, yeah, I want to flip like 12 houses a year, but keep flying. And he's like, do you know how to do that? I was like, no, I can't even do one. He's like, do these guys know how to do that? I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, well, why are you calling me? Like they know how to do that. Just pay him to do it. He said, son, we hire consultants. He had an engineering company. He started in his basement. It took 10 years. I watched him grind for 10 years to turn this engineering company from one guy in his basement to a a multi-million dollar company, 10 years of his life. And so he said, we hire consultants all the time. They come in, we pay them a bunch of money and they increase our revenue by like two, three times, just based on a couple efficiencies. It's like, it sounds like that. sounds like they're consultants. Well, I mean, why don't you do it? Do you believe in yourself? And I said, yeah, if I can make any bet, it would be on myself. I mean, I win at everything that I do. And he's like, all right, then 
Like it's $25,000. What's the worst that can happen? I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I left that call and immediately just signed up, put my $25,000 in. And I didn't even know, I was so naive that I didn't even know this house would couldn't close, might not close. So I had 45,000 coming to me. I put it on my American Express card that the government, they give you a free platinum card if you're a, a military member. You don't have to pay the, the fee. And I was like, well, in 30 days, I'm gonna close on this house. I'll be able to pay this thing off. So I joined. Fortunately, the house closed. I got 45 grand, was able to pay it off. I put the other money in an account for marketing to grow my company, went to the first meeting and it blew my mind. Like I was sitting there with, there were 16 other people in the room, all doing way more than me. Like I did one house the year before. I had to, I had to actually um, exaggerate a little bit on my application to be accepted. And, um, and then, so, I, and I went in there and I'll tell you what, when I was in a room with a bunch of people that were winning, like I knew that I would level up to the, to that position. And um, it changed everything for me. It changed my mindset. It changed the way that I think. It changed the way that I, I actually show up for my family, the values that I have, the people that I surround myself with, what I put in, um, the investment that I make. So um, I have an undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering. I have a master's degree in aeronautical engineering. And I was a test pilot for the Navy. I went to the test pilot school in England. They, the US government paid $1.6 million for me to go to that school. So with all this education combined, it's probably like $2 million of education. Um, and I was making like hundred thousand dollars a year flying for the Navy. Uh, I invested $25,000 a year in my education for a few years, my personal education, my self-education. And the first year I made $700,000. The next year I made 1.3 million. Then I made one point or 2.3 million after that. And it's just like the best investment that I ever made. But I'll tell you 99% of the people out there will look at me like I'm crazy that I did that. But yeah, everybody is getting student I, I, loans so, and pumping money into education. Yeah, I um will tell you, I I find the same. I mean, it's like my I remember my dad who I love him more than anybody in the world. I mean, he's amazing, and and he's like, quit hiring all these coaches. You know, you're already the top one percent. And I go, Dad, the reason I'm the top one percent is because I hire the coaches. And he, you know, he's like, re, he helped me read my books or edit my books, and he's like, why are you going to another coach? I'm like, Dad, because this coach helped me. Like. I'm collapsing timeframes as Myron Golden would say, right? Mm -hmm. I'm all the things like you can Google anything. If it was that easy, it's on Google. It's on YouTube. It's not that easy. You need people that teaches you like what to do, what not to do, how to do it, how to tweak it. How, like they've already done the thing and they can just help you fast track. And so it's like most people will give up and they never, never get the chance to even achieve it because they give up before, you know, because of all the problems they run into. This alleviates that. So I love it. That's a really great story. That's a great can I story. Can I take it one step further? Because I think what we do is we pay for, we pay for coaching and then there's a problem after that. And I, I'm going to tell you why I was successful and how I see people that are not successful in our programs and any other program right now. Can I do that? Is it okay? Yeah, I love it. Okay. So what happens after that? So it, that, that story is great. And I joined the program and it was the right fit for me. And I'll tell you, if you find somebody with the, that has what you want, that is willing to share it and has the values and characteristics that you want, go join their program. Like stop thinking about it and do it, okay? So if you're listening to this and you're on this, Krista is that person for you, right? So just stop thinking about it, get off the fence and go join Krista's program. It's, it's simple, right? That will help you catapult your success. She's done the work. She's willing to share it. She's the person that you want to follow. You're already following her. Go do it. Like stop thinking about it. So now the next step is once I do that, then what? And that's where people make the mistake. And so you, you go all in, you join, and then you start questioning the information that they're putting out. Like, this is just like, I, 
I'm not going to do that. It works for Krista. It doesn't work for me. It works for Bill. It doesn't work for me. When, my, when the person that I hired that I paid $25,000, the thing was, it wasn't an easy decision for me. So when I paid, I paid a lot of attention and I paid in full. I didn't take payment plan. I, I paid in full and I paid attention. And I, when they told me to do something, I did it. I didn't say, oh, you know what? Like, oh, it works for Andy or works for Justin. That's not going to work for me in my market. My market's different than their market. Like they told me to do it and I did it. Even and if it didn't work, tired, I can't. Even though it was hard, even though no matter what, right? Ooh. Just do it. It's like, figure it out, become resourceful. Yeah, but but like right now, there's so much conflicting information out there. It's information so easy to get, right? It's conflicting. One person might tell you one thing, one person tells you the other. But I tell you what, if you're paying for that person, there's a reason why you're there. Just listen to what they say. Like, stop. If you already knew what you needed to do, you would be out there doing it. You don't. They do, Okay. They've done it they, and they're willing to share it. They are the one, they're the people that are willing to take in exchange money for information, right? They're willing to share their information. For you, it's more valuable than the money they, they have. And for them, vice versa, right? This is important to get. You have to do what they say. Stop following five other people and say, oh, I'm going to take a little bit of Krista stuff and I'm going to take a little bit of this person's stuff. I'm going to take a little, and I'm going to, I'm going to mix all this up. And then I'm going to say, oh, wait, it's not working. Like, no, just do what Krista says. Like, when you come into our program, she's got, the, she's got the blueprint, right? There's a map. And so I see this all the time. You, you said it. You can find it on Google. I had all the puzzle pieces. All the stuff that they were telling me was not earth-shattering rocket science, okay? It was, it was all the puzzle pieces that I had. What they did was they showed me how to put the puzzle together. They, just, they, they took me step-by-step step through and showed me how to put this puzzle together. It started to make sense. I started to see success. I started leaning back into my mentors. I didn't lean out and say, I know everything. There's this concept in, um, in like karate. My son is doing karate, and I, I stole this concept from, from that. It's called Shu Ha-Ri. And hopefully if there's like a karate master on here, they're not going to totally crush me. But Shu is like, like I'm going to just, like the karate kid, right? He's going to paint the fence like 10,000 times over and over and over. Have no idea why he's doing it. The sensei tells you to do it, you do it. It's the punch over and over and over again. You just do that forever. Like, just keep going, and I'll tell you when to stop. What's and that's where I was Shu? in the beginning. Shoo, S-H-U, shoo, shoo, S-H-U, and then ha is like the next phase after that. So now you've done the, the, that's like the tactics, right? You do the tactics over and over. It's things that Krista teaches you in the very beginning. Do it over and over and over and over again, right? And you don't say like, you don't walk into the karate dojo and the sensei tells you to do something and you're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. So you just do that over and over and over again until you're like super proficient at it. Then you move into ha, where they start like combining a couple different things together, right? And so you're still doing what the sensei says, but you're combining these things together, like over and over and over again, right? And now you're starting to understand how to see these concepts and how they're working together. And then you move into the third phase, which is the re phase. And that's where you can start innovating yourself. Like you don't even start innovating in the first like years of training through this process, right? And, and re is the phase where you can start innovating and you actually can start eclipsing your mentor. You can become like above the sensei and you start doing your own things, your own testing, your own strategy, those kind of things. So what I tell like my, the early students that come in, like you are in the shoe phase. If you try to move very quickly into innovation and, and change and like you're thinking on your own, like you're going to, you're go, you skipped too far ahead. You've got to do this. Like the, the karate kid didn't know, right? Daniel-san, he didn't know what he was doing. But when Mr. Miyagi started punching at him, he was like 
blocking and he had no idea what was happening. And that's how I felt like my entire journey was in, in my mastermind group in the beginning for my business was like, I was asking questions and questions and questions and questions, just taking and taking and taking and taking. And then finally I could like give a little bit, I could take and give some of the time. And then it was like, okay, now I'm at the point where I have started to meet my mentor's level, eclipse the mentor potentially, and I can start giving back. And that's kind of the transition that I made. So like right now you mentioned Russell's group, I'm in that group and I'm just like, just, I want to learn marketing. So I'm going to learn from him, right? I'm not, I'm not going out there reading a whole bunch of different books. I'm not going out there and listen to a whole bunch of other people's strategy. Like I have three books that I read. I have three books and I just read them over and over and over again. And I listen to that podcast and it's like, that's what I need right now. So I'm just going all in on that. And if other people are going to give me those kind of strategies and information based around that topic, then I'm going to take it from there. Like I'm not in four other mass marketing masterminds. I'm in one. And so that, that, I realize I'm like on a soapbox because I'm really passionate oh, about this. I love this, it. So Chuhari. Yeah, yeah. Chuhari. It's like my favorite so concept. One of my business coaches just like mentioned it at one of our quarterly um, planning sessions. And I, then my son was like starting karate and I just, I nerded out on it, went really deep, gave like a couple keynote presentations on it. And I think like that is, that's, that's a, a concept. In fact, one of my clients in, in the closet right there, she gave me a, a t-shirt that has it uh, uh, written in the, um, like Chinese letters. It's pretty crazy. So uh, I love this. It's such a good analogy. It's so true. It's like in the beginning, just do what they say over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden you, then you learn more and you can combine what you did over and over again with the new stuff. And that's when you start to see like, oh, wow. And that just tells you things take time that needs to cultivate, right? You need to cultivate, you need to water, you need to put in the, in the, 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 the foundation of what you're doing to be able to build upon. That's brilliant, Bill. I'd love well, to Malcolm Gladwell that. has that concept, that like 10,000 hour concept, right? It's very similar to that. You got to do something like over and over and over again. But um, I, I feel like everybody's just like, there's not, there's so much information out there. It's very hard to understand who to follow. And I really encourage anybody that's, that, that's listening to this. Follow the person that's going the direction that you want to go, that has the life that you want and the values that you have and just go all in on them. Like, like if you're listening to this, like Krista's your person, just go all in. Like, don't wait. Russell don't always wait says not, not the how, the who, right? I mean, yeah. like who can help you get where you, where you want to go. It's just a hard route. Well, it's like, it's so funny to me. They, and especially real estate agents, you know, the, in real estate in California, let's just say you only need 135 hours of pre-licensing before you can get your real estate license. So the barrier to entry is so, so easy. Okay. However, to get your cosmopology license, you need 1600 hours to get your esthetician license. You need 600 hours, but only 135 to be a real estate agent. So the barrier to entry is so, so easy, but you can make so much money. I mean, this year, we're, I think we're netting like 1.4 million in gross commissions for real estate, just for real estate. Or we're doing that more a month now in my coaching business, but in real estate, we're doing that. I don't know very many doctors, attorneys, or dentists or lawyers that are making over a million dollars. And it's funny, they go to school for 13 years and they have all this debt, but yet as real estate agents, we could make so much more money if you just learn how to have your unique selling proposition and to be different and to, and to like really be seen by the masses, but agents are not willing to invest because it's so easy to get into real estate, right? They just think, oh, it's just crazy to me, but what you, I oh. love your story. There's a fun, there's like a fundamental shift that needs to happen in, in people's mind that they're investing in themselves and it's an investment. It's not a cost. Like, and, and the best part about it is if you have your business set up, right. And I'm not a CPA, but it's a total tax write-off for your business. Like it's not even, does it cost $30,000 or whatever your program costs? It costs half of that almost depending on what tax bracket you're maybe 40% less than that. So yeah. like the fact that we are so willing to 
to give money to formal education, but the self-education world is still like, it's a huge business, but it's significantly smaller in most of our minds. And we think that that's wrong. And it's being shot. Like there are bad coaches and trainers out there. There are bad places to be, but like there are so many people that want to help. And I'll tell you, I've been around Krista for, we were together for a few days. I can tell you right now, she cares about all of you a ton. Like she talks about you like you're her business partner. And that's the kind of person that you want to find. You want to find somebody who cares more about your success than they do about their own because they're in that growth and contribution phase of their lives where they want to grow themselves and contribute to society and other people's success. And when you can find that person, like, man, like write a check for speed, write a check for growth, write a check for success. Like all of these things is just like, and it's, it's interesting because if you're doing a lot of business, a small percentage of shift in your business is a huge return, Oh, right? So if you're a huge realtor and you're like, you know what? I don't need this. You need it more than anybody else because a 5% change, all Chris has to do is give you one thing that change, one idea. That's it. One idea is all you need after the whole program. And it pays for itself 10 times over. And if you're a new uh, agent and you're not doing a lot of business, you absolutely need this because you're not doing enough business. Like you should be one of these bigger realtors that can grow. So you can, you can, you have more time potentially to go in and pull out so much information to start five, 10 X in your business fast. Mm-hmm. And you can cut a check for speed. So it's like, it, and, and she's also willing to slow down and kind of bring you up along with them. Like there's a whole group of people that's moving in the direction that you want to go. It, I mean, I, it's hard. I, it's easy for me to say now, but looking back, like you have to get to this place where you're frustrated and, and like almost broken for some people to say, okay, I'm finally in enough pain to write a check like this. And like, you're going to pay one way or the other. You're going to pay on the street, learning it on your own, or you're going to pay somebody else to fast track you way faster. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I love it. I love I, it. I, like, I, I agree with you. You know, we're, we're cut from the same thread because we both invest. I, I mean, I've spent yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars just last year alone on, like both of us invested 150,000 to be in Russell's program. And I did plenty more than that. That was like one of the small, one of the, one of the few that I did. Five years ago that when I was, it was like six years ago, writing that 25 or $25,000 on my Amex. If you told me that I'd be spending $150,000 on a, one mastermind group in the future, I would have thought you were crazy. Me too. And but now it's when like, this, you're like, when you this opportunity happen. came up, I made that decision in about five seconds. Yeah. Boom. Five seconds. Not, and I made that decision and I've already made my money back. I, I just launched a $50,000 mastermind group for us and $250,000 in the door over the last two weeks, just based on exactly what I learned from him doing that, we did that. So like, there's ways that you can just make this money back very fast. I mean, that was, I don't know, a month later, two months later. So yeah. I want to talk to you about that. I have to go though. So I've got my next meeting at, at, um, at uh, two o'clock and Bill, this was amazing. I love it. I want to talk more. I'm going to box you. So everyone, Bill, seven figure flipping. You have, Bill, you have a podcast too, don't you? I do. And you're going to be on, I'm actually interviewing you tomorrow. So yeah, seven, and it's called the seven figure flipping, right? Seven figure flipping podcast. Yep. Seven figure flipping podcast. You're listening to this. Go and go and find bill tons of information. I'm going to subscribe to your podcast because I just have one of the best times with you. I appreciate cool. you. And everyone remember it's great to watch, but it's where you take action, where you see the improvement. Listening is not power. Learning is not power. Implementation is power. So go out there and crush it. Bill, thank you so much. How would you like to end our audience? 
I just want to say thank you all for your time. Like if you spent 45 minutes with us, I appreciate it. Like your time is so important and valuable that um, I love it. Krista, it's always fun. I could talk for hours and I love spending time with you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thank you so much for everything. You're amazing. Okay, love you. Bye everybody. Bye.